This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Thursday, October 28th, 2021. And my guest is the awesome Mark Watson. Sold your nose best, folks, from YouTube. So, hey, Mark, how's it going? I am doing pretty good. I am uh, having a good time here in Techtober. So, uh, yeah, just trying to stay alive. (laughs) Oh, it's it's almost done, but man, it kind of kicked my butt this year i don't know about you but usually i'm okay with it but wow yeah yeah it's, yeah. A, it's a good and bad problem to have it's definitely a good and bad problem to have so we are weak post pixel announcement we all have our phones and i want to have you on because last week i talked with richard lawler of the verge and we covered kind of like the theoreticals because we both didn't have a phone yet and this week, I guess you have a 6 Pro, I have a 6 Pro and a 6. And I want to chat with you about it. Like I'm mostly obviously the 6 Pro, but I want to give uh, the audience some feelings on the 6 because I think actually, frankly, that might be the killer right now. I'm really surprised I'm saying this because I'm going to stick with the Pro myself, but I feel like it's so good for the money that it's hard to recommend the 6 Pro. Yeah, like five ninety nine is a very aggressive price point, and what you're getting from that is like a fit and finish that Google was doing that you don't see from for, from a lot of phones at that price. Um, and I, I just when you just look at it like pound for pound, it's it's one of the best cameras, display, software. It's kind of hard to go against it. That's kind of how I feel as well. So I, I think that. Um Let's talk about what we like about the Pixel 6 Pro because there's a lot, but let's also talk about what we don't like maybe because there's, yeah. I, think, I feel like there's <laughs> also a lot of that. Yeah. What are your things that stand out? Like if you get to do a top five of the Pixel 6 Pro and why you should get it. Your next video, right? Yeah, yeah, here we go. A little prep work here. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would say one would be the display. I think it looks really nice running on a, at 120 hertz. Um, looks really good, right? Really great quality display. Um, two would be the design. I think, you know, the hype for this phone was a lot to do with that design, right? That the unique camera bump on the back that spans the entire width of the phone. And it looks like right. nothing else in the market. Um, so that really got my interest. Um, three would be how well Android 12 runs on it. Awesome software experience. It runs pretty smoothly. Um, four would be the cameras. Cameras are better. There are some things about the camera I don't like, so we'll, we'll talk about that in my, my bad part. Please, but, let's, because I also feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's good, but then also uh, I just feel like they came up short a little bit. But generally, it still is a great um, to meet some of, the, some of the best looking photos that you can get. Um, and then five is going to be, huh, that is a tough Did one. Did I trick you there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <What laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. Um, I'm going to go with, this is the beginning. I feel like it's not like a spec sheet, but I think this is the beginning of something special for Google. I think this is a turnaround for the Pixel phone. So number five is just going to be, this is the start of a new direction for their phones. A hundred percent. I wouldn't pick any different top five. It's Totally how I feel. I, I might put the camera at the top because cameras matter to me. But for me, what what stands out? What you said that I you know have a 
an immediate kind of response to is the the design. I love it, but it's a chunky ass phone. Oh my god! I came from a um, Oppo Find X3 Pro. I daily that for like the last couple of months just for fun. Uh, it was a problem with some of the bands, but you know, overall, it actually was a very good experience despite being in the U.S. and this phone not being optimized for the U.S. Mm-hmm. But after such a sleek and slim and narrow for the size phone, I was kind of surprised. Like it feels to me even bigger than the S twenty one Ultra. I don't know if that's possible, but is that possible? You know, that's that. You know, S twenty one Ultra is a big phone. Um, I haven't held both of them at the same time. Yeah, I need to put them side by side. The yeah. uh, other thing that stands out is, is you know, it just seems wider to me. Like that's, I think it's the width thing and the thickness as well. But the thickness is also the camera bump, which mm-hmm. we need, right? Because you, you need that depth to get those lenses. And I'm okay with the camera bump. Mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, we got a pretty thick body, all things considered. And that surprised me, guess, because I have been using a thin phone for a while, which hasn't happened in a long time. But I think if I had come directly from my OnePlus 9 Pro or 8 Pro that I had before, I don't think it would have met, felt any huge difference, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's a trend now with these phones. These phones are, are getting thicker. We're seeing that with MacBooks. We're seeing that with everything. Like, you know, they try to <laughs> put in these beefier uh, batteries and stuff like that. So, And that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to have seen like a matte finish on these phones, though. Like, I, I'm over the glossy finish on the back and stuff um are you using yours with the case or not um mostly without a case that's that's a ballsy thing to do i know i know (laughs) i have to say that because it's so chunky uh, i'm using it with a case right now that's probably part of the problem i think it's like i'm just at the point where it's just thicker because of the case it's like but look this is irrelevant if you want i think the most important phone of 2021 Possibly one of the best, definitely top five, but the most important, I think this is the phone to get this year, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's some, the one outside of like foldable phones, the one I was looking forward to. And I, the one that I think is, you know, for stock Android or just just how Google wants you to have that experience of Android, this is the phone that, that represents it the best. And uh, and I think it's 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 good to see stiffer competition in the flagship market. This is the first flagship phone that is what they're calling it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the one that I've been waiting for all year. You know, I think you touched on something really important and it's the, the transition that Google is going through with this phone. You know, I kept telling people like, I'm happy with this, but I really hope they continue on pixel seven and eight. I hope that this is the, an ev- the beginning of an evolution, not, yeah. oh, we're going to try something new next year again, because they've been doing that for a number of years. I kind of felt like, you know, the Pixel original was a first try and it was it was pretty great, but it was, you know, it had lots of, of compromises. And the Pixel 2, though, I think at the time, other than the display issues on the on the big one, they they nailed it. I think for its time, it was a very competitive phone. Then the Pixel 3 XL was still okay, but by that point, we're starting to see ultra-wides and stuff show up and telephotos, and they weren't jumping on that right away. And that bathtub notch was just... it. it you know, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about the MacBook Pro 14 and 16 soon because the reviews are out. We covered it extensively last week. I don't want to spend a huge amount of time on it. But that notch on that Mac just reminds me of that bathtub notch on this 3 XL. 
it, it kind of ruined the phone in many ways. It was just like, I mean, I, you got over it. I used it as my daily driver for almost two and a half years or something. And it's one of my, it was one of my favorite pixels because I, I couldn't switch to the four because it didn't have a fingerprint sensor. And then the five, you know, you know, so there you go. We did the whole history. I think the four was a solid phone for its time, but it had the wrong second lens. It had even more bezels on the top, speaking of bathtub notches and no fingerprint sensor, which wouldn't have been an issue if the software had adapted, but it didn't. And then, you know, five was in every way, a solid mid-ranger. But a mid-ranger, and you, as you said in your fifth point, this is it. This is Google not messing around. And then the pricing, holy crap, right? Right. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's a competitive. I, I think the price was a big thing they needed to nail, and I think with the 6 and the 6 Pro, they did it. Um, and I, I just think that Google knows that they had, they had to have made this change. I love the 5. I love that finger, fingerprint scanner on the back. I still I like that even more than the fingerprint scanner on this. Uh, and we'll get to that in my things I don't like about the Pixel 6 here. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's, this is the turn for them. And, and they really needed this. And I think they're, they're, they're off to a good start with it. Yeah, I also feel like the other thing that's interesting here is that the, you know, the, the, uh, if, you, if you want a 5, if you like the 5, you can buy a 5A 5G. That, that is essentially your new 5. I mean, yeah. you're going to say, well, there's no wireless charging. But hey, you get a headphone jack. And, you know, honestly, the wireless charging does bother me, like it's missing. But for that price, 450 just, you know. And here's the thing. I was asked this question yesterday on Twitter, and I want your thoughts on this. How much better is the Pixel 6, just the main camera, versus the 5A 5G? And I think this is a tough one because I said it's a significant jump in some ways, because the hardware is so much better, but I don't feel the software has really evolved. I mean, not that it needed to, but, and because of that, you see incremental changes. It's radically better in some ways. Like I think level of detail is way higher in good light, which is hard to imagine because the pixels have always been really good mm -hmm. at detail. Um, and, and dynamic range, I think is better. But other than that, I, you know, maybe we should jump into the how do we feel about the cameras part because I yeah. feel it's overprocessed. I feel that they haven't, they need some fine tuning on those cameras insofar that, especially the dynamic range, like the shadows are a little too high for my liking compared to the previous pixels. I don't know. Maybe I should do a side by side. I haven't actually done a side by side. This is just based on gut feeling. You've done a side-by-side -side with the iPhone, so we can talk about that a little bit. But I think, for me, that's the thing. It's And it's, it looks too HDR. Like, when I say overprocessed, I don't mean like it's not Samsung overprocessed, but it's too HDR. And Night Sight is way too bright and, and too unsaturated. Like, I have to crank saturation in my Night Sight photos half the time and lower, you know, overall brightness. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, I, I think that you're right. Like, there are some photos I'm like, all right, I really love this. It looks fantastic. You can see that extra power of the, the Tensor chip. And then there are some, like you said, that they just feel like Google was like, hey, we know you like the Pixel look, but we're going gonna to bump it up times two. And you're like, no, 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 just give me, give me times one, you know. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and um, I think they're just, they get overly excited. Like the Tensor chip is like, all right, I can finally, you know, show what I can do. And they, they go a little too far. Um, 
So, yeah, but I think, yeah, coming from like the Pixel 5, the difference between them, it wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. And then that's me, me having my own expectation just by looking at that camera bump on the back and it being so big and wide and stuff. I'm like, man, they're going to be, you know, really like just throwing things out of the water, like a, another phone that we're going to be talking about a little bit later coming from Sony. But, um, but generally, I still like them. But yeah, like you said, I think with some software tweaks and stuff, they could kind of like dial it down a little bit. Um, or maybe just even add a software setting, like hey, HDR one, HDR two. Like, just give us like how much <laughs> yeah. of that 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 you want, how much of that pixel look that you want. Yeah, and I think that as such, if you're looking for consistency and are willing to take, I think Marquez nailed it in his video. If you're willing to take a nine out of nine almost all the time, buy an iPhone 13 Pro. Yeah. If you're willing to every now and then get a ten out of ten that really blows it out the water, but sometimes also get kind of like a seven out of ten when it's overprocessed and mostly HDR and night sight type of overprocessing, then get yourself a you know Pixel Six Pro. That's basically the takeaway, I think, and he nailed it because that's how I feel too. And this is, folks, just want to be clear. I got my phones on Monday, I think, or the the day the reviews came out, like in the afternoon of that, mm -hmm. uh, from Google PR, which is why I got the 6 and the 6 Pro. Sadly, not from Team Pixel, so I didn't get the super awesome box you got. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did get cases, though, uh, and they let me pick colors, which was cool. But yeah. um, I, I didn't really set up the phone until I had to do an unboxing video and then set up the phones and I started shooting yesterday. So basically, um, this is based on me shooting, uh, basically 40 photos, 50 photos, right? So please, please hold your, you know, judgment. Like, don't say, oh, Miriam said this is not, uh, trust me. This is one of the top three camera phones right now, mm -hmm. like probably. So it, it, we're talking about splitting hairs, but I still feel that, you know, we have expectations and I do think it's a step up from the 5A 5G. And I think where it really is a step up from the 5A 5G, even the 6, which doesn't have the telephoto, is that, that one, that few times you get that extra detail, that better dynamic range, and the ultra wide is definitely better. Yeah. Um, but the 6 Pro is where I think you get your $300 worth and in the display, which I want to talk to you about a bit more too, but in, in that telephoto, it just blows my, I took a 20 X photo yesterday and I was like, you know, 20 X, I wasn't expect, I expect some loss and there is some loss. This is definitely, you can see that it's not as detailed, but you are 20 X. Like this is a four X magnifying five times. So we're talking, uh, incredible performance. And it's because they're applying that, you know, hand motion, super zoom algorithm to a telephoto lens that's a 48 megapixel. So even in low light, the 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 telephoto kicks butt, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think one thing, like I, I've always had the same familiar feeling with the iPhone is that all of the cameras on the iPhone are consistent and great. And sometimes you find these phones where it's just like, maybe their the primary is really good, or maybe the telephoto is good, but the ultra wide sucks. But yeah, with this Pixel 6 Pro, I feel like all the cameras are generally have been um, more consistent. And uh, I love having that four times telephoto. I love, you know, versus a lot of companies that use three and, and stuff, but I love having that four times to be able to get in. And oh, and stabilization too. Like stabilization it's is really so good, good on this phone for when you are taking those telephoto um, pictures and especially with video, um, some of the best stabilization. So they just really nailed at trying to make their all of their cameras a little bit better. And so I think they, uh, they've gotten that going for them. So Tell me about video, because this is one thing I haven't tested, and you are a YouTube creator, so obviously you're going to want to shoot some B-roll, or maybe some even some A-roll with this phone, and I also want to know what your thoughts are, because, you know, 
this the loaded question of is it better than the 5a 5g well yeah on video i bet you it's better right so yeah. what are your thoughts on that i think the video is good so I, I did my my first comparison against the iphone 13 pro and that's a tough test when it comes in the video department uh, at this point yeah. i still will like if i'm going out you know shooting and i want an extra camera to use i'm going to still always take my iphone over every phone for video right now but yeah. from what I saw between um, like comparing like the, the, the five um, to the iPhone 12 Pro, I feel like the video has gotten better um, this year and uh, it still looks really good. It's excellent. It's a little bit more, you know, saturating the things uh, versus on the iPhone, which is more of a um, what you see is what you're getting. Um, but I think along with that stabilization, the quality that you get from the video, I would use it for some of my YouTube videos. And that's I can't say that about a lot of phones, maybe like the S21 Ultra and stuff. but I would use the, the video from the, the 6 Pro for, um, for extra content. So that was exactly what I was going to ask you next. Like if you were stuck, you l forgot your, your 13 Pro at home and you had your S21 or your, you know, Pixel 6, you'd be okay, right? Whereas oh, yeah. I, I think you would notice the difference with the 5A, 5G. And I think you'd notice the difference if you had a OnePlus or my Oppo, right? Like you really wouldn't. Yeah quite get the same performance especially at 40 uh, you know at 4k 30 where you you know you don't let's the, the thing about iphone for me is i don't shoot at 4k 30 much but when i do it never drops a frame it doesn't drop frames at 4k 60 like mm -hmm. it's it's rock solid and this is the thing about android and then the audio quality varies so wildly between android phones you know, the iPhone really has a consistent audio profile. Like I can pull out, you know, of course the new ones have better mics, better dynamic range. Uh, they pick up more quiet stuff, louder stuff. They didn't, don't distort as much. But I have an old iPhone 6S and I bet you if I put it side by side with my iPhone 11, because I need to upgrade still. I, I buy my iPhones, Mark. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to wait a year for the 13 Pro. I'm going to get a 13 Pro soon. But my 11, if I put it side by side and do a recording and just use the internal mic, I think that they, the sound profile is going to be very similar mm -hmm. despite these phones being seven years apart or something. Yeah. And I think it's because Apple has this consistency thing and they know how to do audio properly. Um, whereas I think the Android phone, sometimes they're like, oh, well, we know we are kind of running out of space. So let's put the microphone in this corner or like they know they need three mics on the flagships because that's what the Qualcomm chipset, well, in this case, the Tensor chipset requires. But, you know, whatever. Right. And, and yeah. that just changes the way the phone feels when you listen to it, when you record with it. Or, as you know, if you cover the if you cover the wrong parts, then you, you lose some some quality. And that's another big thing is like, I, I know a lot of us use a handheld, you know, tripods or whatever, um, not, sometimes not stabilized because the stabilization has gotten so good, but we, we generally have some kind of grip because it's more convenient. But if you just, you know, have the phone in your pocket and you really want to capture something super quick, half the time with any modern phone, you're going to get crappy audio because you're covering one of the mics with your hand. It's like... Mm -hmm. How didn't they not solve this problem yet? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of crazy to me. I yeah. think Apple's done a pretty good job. They still have mics on the edges, but they seem to somehow manage it pretty well. Yeah, they, so, they just, it's just so rock solid with the video. So rock yeah. solid. But yeah, we're yeah. seeing like, you nailed it. S21 Ultra Pixel 6 Pro would be my two phones outside of the iPhone I, I would use for, uh, for video recording. So we also get a wide angle, or ultra wide, I should say, uh, selfie camera on the 6 Pro, which doesn't exist on the 6, 11.1 megapixels. And honestly, I think that's another little killer feature. What's your feeling on that? 
Yeah, me too. Um, I, I put that in my camera comparison. You just want to get more people in your group selfies or you just want more of your background for you. It's one of those touches that you don't think about a, a lot, but I use it a lot on a recent trip that I had and just being able to get more stuff in it. That's good. And 4K 30, 30. as well, yeah. which yeah, yeah, it just, doesn't do. Because that's the thing. Like if you want to do selfie video on the iPhone, it's just is insanely good. Like mm -hmm. I don't think anyone can match the iPhone in terms of selfie video at all even in main video, but you know, that's because as a creator myself, I see it. Yeah. But I think that for most people, 21 or six or iPhone is going to be good enough for video, but selfie video, I don't know. Is the, have you tested it at all on the six Pro? Is it any good? Not a, I haven't tested it out a lot. And the, the one time that I did um, in the intro for my video, um, it looked good. You know, it, it looked, it looked all right. Right. It looked, it looked all right. Um, The audio from it was was definitely good. So the audio, they have uh, the speech enhancement option that you have uh, that will help block out like wind and background noise mm -hmm. and stuff. And I used that and people commented that they sounded pretty good. Um, but yeah, for the video, I don't take that much selfie video, but um, it, it looked decent. You remember that video that Jonathan Morrison did uh, where he shot himself with the selfie cam on the 13 Pro or the 12 Pro? I can't remember which one last year it was. If it was last year, it's the 12 Pro. But anyway, it was amazing. Like the... Mm. I couldn't believe that he was shooting with the selfie camera yeah. and it just looked like he had shot himself with a, like a, a ZV-1 or like, you know, something like some sort of like, it, it was clearly not an Alpha 7 or anything, but it was just yeah. like, I was just like, wow, an iPhone took this photo or this video. Yeah. So I think that my biggest gripe right now is some tweaks to the software for the processing, especially in low light, especially um, when you do night sight. It's just uncannily bright, and it wouldn't be a problem if the contrast wasn't so crushed and the saturation wasn't so low. I feel like things are just washed out and soft, basically, in the end. And, you know, there's a ton of detail. I don't mean softness in the sense of, like, lack of detail. I'm talking about softness in the dynamic range and the color reproduction, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I compared it with the 13 Pro and I saw that while it did do a good job at lifting those shadows, it gave you more detail than my iPhone. Um, yeah, it was a little bit softer in, in more areas in the picture than it was on the iPhone. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, yeah, <laughs> I just think the 6 Pro is like, look, I, I've, I've worked out all summer, like I'm in shape now and it's just like going into overdrive on some of these photos and, and stuff. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 man, I really, I, I really think that they can probably dial it down a little bit and maybe in a software update. So I hope so. I hope they take our feedback. Um, if they're smart, they will. And I hope again that they don't, they keep this going for the seven. Yeah, uh, they they don't they don't radically change things. They just move forward and and give us a consistent evolution on those products. Um, we don't talk about the things we don't like. We've already talked about the camera part, so I think that's my top one, my number one top thing that I'd like them to fix. Mm -hmm. um, on the just because the other ones are less important, I think. Um, but I want to hear your top five things you dislike. You don't have to have five because it's going to be hard. Yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, one would be the fingerprint scanner. Um, it's a little, it's a little slower compared to even phones that came out a couple of years ago. Just with the, the yeah. tech that they're using, um, it takes like half a second. You just feel like I'm thinking about it, versus just putting my finger down, letting it go. Um, two would be, I would, I will say, battery life, but it is a good battery. 
It's just that I'm coming from the 13 Pro and that battery is just insanely good that I think that's a, a lot to keep up with. But the battery life is a little inconsistent. Some days I'm, I'm getting all day and I'm not worried about it. But some days I'm like needing to charge around like, you know, 4 p.m., 5 p.m. or so. Um, yeah. Three would be you know, part of the design, as I mentioned before. I like a matte finish on the back instead of glossy. It just looks better, feels better, easier to record. <laughs> um, um, so I like that. Number four would be... See, you don't have to have five. Yeah. It'd be a tall order to have five. I'm going to tell you what I think. For me, it's definitely number one is the improvements to the camera we talked about. Number two is the fingerprint sensor is slow. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. And then I want to add to it like a 2A or a 2' or 2B, uh, a footnote to two, which is face ID. Come on. Like, yes. I- I'm not asking for a secure face ID where you can do up like Google payments with it. I'm talking about doing what my Oppo does or my OnePlus does, where if I'm just lifting up the phone and I, it will unlock and, you know, I can at least quickly go to an app and do something without having to, like, hold the phone a certain way. Especially you know, when you don't have a rear fingerprint sensor, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just, like, pull it out of your pocket and have it ready to go. You kind of have to, like, manipulate your thumb to the right spot, although it's higher up, which I like on the screen. But regardless, as a good friend... Mr. Kogan would say, regardless, <laughs> I would say that this is a, something that is just not up to scratch. And and a face ID would just be a nice thing. Uh, my Oppo does it, and I'm so used to it now that oh, going back to not having it is weird. Um, number three, well, I, I said, it's a chunky phone. I would That might even be my number two at this point, because the fingerprint sensor... It's just weirdly slow. I think this must be a software thing. There's no way the sensor is bad. Like sensors are on like fifth generation now. There's, I don't think that's the problem. I think that it might be a combination of the Tensor chip and this. And, and from all the research I've been doing, folks, the Tensor chip looks like obviously a bespoke chip, but it's made by Samsung, five nanometers, and it looks very much like an evolution of the Exynos 2100 on the Galaxy S21 in abroad, like in Europe, which is, you know, has a different set of cores and CPU, GPU, and of course the Tensor, the, the TPU, the AI machine learning cores are not are very different because they're optimized by Google here. But I think they based it on that chip and that chip does not have the best battery life. You mm. you know, we know from tests, they've, they've compared the Snapdragon 888 version of the S21 with the Exynos 2100 and there's a difference. Same with 5G performance. You will not notice this. Again, don't go out there saying, oh, Miriam said the Pixel 6 5G performance is, no, it's not. It's everything I've tested on all networks, no issues whatsoever. But it's a it's last generation 5G modem it's the same as an x55 from qualcomm not as the x60 from qualcomm and so this is for the nerds of you out there the samsung modem is called the 5123 it's the same as the s21 in europe and abroad and this is a a slightly older modem so it does 5g just fine but some of the upcoming future features not bands but features that the networks can implement on 5g maybe two five years from now whatever will not be supported by this modem so does that matter no i don't think anybody's going to care but it also could play into that power efficiency issue we're seeing right like it's an integrated modem as far as i can tell it's in the chip which is a good thing for power efficiency but i feel the same way you know, in conclusion from this whole little section rant, I feel like you, it's like battery life is good. I'm not going to complain, but 
it might be challenging at CES. I might have yes. to pull out an Ooh. iPhone 13 Pro for a day at CES. And that's always been the case with the Pixel, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good test, a CES test, <laughs> because, you know, we need our, we need our phones <laughs> and our devices to last all day, if, if possible. Um, we don't have data for an entire two years there because of it, or yeah. one year. Yeah. But look, I think it's, it's, I don't really have a fifth thing. I, I, I want to talk again about the software because this is the thing that delights me so much. Like, I'm still getting used to Android 12. There are some things I don't like, like the new internet toggle. I want a separate Wi-Fi toggle. I know you can en enable it with ADB command. Uh, you know, Michelle from formerly from XDA has shown us how to do that in a tweet. But look, it should be a feature that I can have by default if I want to. Uh, I just don't know why. I actually don't know why they've made them so big. I, I don't like it. I, I really liked, I felt that the quick settings used to be awesome and I don't know why they went to change it. If I have to be nitpicky about the software, so far that's the only thing I don't like. Material U is amazing. Everything is super fast, super slick, super smooth, right? Uh, that plus that 120 hertz display, as you mentioned, it's just, and I'll be frank, I've used the six a little bit. The 90 hertz is just as good. Like, I mean, you really, it's hard to tell the difference. Yeah. But of course, you get a slightly lesser display. So, you know. Yeah, that's honestly, like when you brought that up, the quick controls, yeah, they're, they're just so big, you know, so big. And there's a lot of wasted space on there. Um, that was like, that was kind of like one of my only complaints too. But I think, you know, this material you design, it really does feel like because the wallpaper is changing to the colors uh, or the, uh, the system is changing to the colors on your wallpaper, it really does feel a little personal. Like it, it does feel a little personal that I'm feeling like I'm, I'm really adjusting that color and making everything just kind of react to what I like. You know, when you choose a wallpaper, you're choosing it because you like the way it looks and it's good to have the system kind of recognize that too. But yeah, just in general, it's, it's so smooth. It's so smooth and fast. And um, the things with the, uh, you know, speech recognition and, and being able to do, you know, oh just, my God. just in text so messages, fast. it's just so good now. Yeah, like, I, I've never used it really before. 100%. I cannot believe how fast the speech recognition has gotten. Mm -hmm. Like it is, you, you can just top of your head stream into the phone and it just fixes everything, fixes the punctuation right most of the time. It's just night and day versus what it used to be. And this is where the, the tensor units, the, the cores come in and do all their magic. It keeps up with you. And the, the real-time translation is really an interesting feature uh, in text messages and stuff, in any messages really. I think it's very, very cool what they've done there. And, you know, you have the now playing. All these things, like the, you know, being able to be, uh, to not have to hold for uh, recordings yeah. on, on the call, phone calls. And, and like, there's so much little stuff that I've missed on my Oppo. Like, also the call screening, right? Like, I got so used to the call screening that I, not having it all of a sudden was uh, really disappointing. So that's back now with the Pixel for me. So, you know, the software is fantastic. I know the designer uh, who, d who is the lead person behind the Material U, Itai Fonchak. He was the designer of the Pebble software back in the day. Ooh. He was also one of the designers on the Palm Pre WebOS software. So, so he was at Palm. Palm and then he kind of got, uh, he moved over to LG when LG bought WebOS. He did some of the TV interfaces for LG. And then he went to Pebble and did Pebble second gen OS interface, and now I think he went to Facebook and he worked on the uh, what is that uh, that Facebook 
camera thing they have, Portal, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He worked on the software for that, and now he's at Google, and he's the guy behind Material U. And so, you know, great job there. But can I have my toggles back, please? Can I have, like, small... Like, it's funny, the toggles, the way they are so big, it's really nice if you're driving, but you're not supposed to use your phone when you're driving. Yeah. So I just want to say that, because it, it reminds me of my Tesla. Like, the buttons on my Tesla are nice and big and easy to target with your finger, they're almost the same size as the buttons on the big gigantic screen of my Model 3. Like, I don't need that on a phone. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? Like, next time you're going to have like three buttons that cover all the screen for my <laughs> quick toggles in Android 13? No, no. I want like at least five toggles in a row. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll get used to That's it. That's kind of cool. Like, it, you know, what? I'm thinking about the Palm Pre, it does give me those Palm Pre type of vibes. You know, like, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now that you, uh, you mentioned now you that, know. it does. Clean, yeah. efficient, not too much there. It's just kind of what you need. Um, and the way the interface kind of like animates, yeah. I feel is really palmish. Feels more alive. It's super great. So software tops, and this is the thing, folks. Like I reviewed the five A, five G for hot hardware. I didn't get a chance to review the six for hot hardware because originally I thought I was going to be the one doing it, but then they sent it to my editor in chief who ended up doing it. Um, but the, the bottom line is it's a delightful experience, even when the hardware is kind of not boring. I mean, the 5A 5G is just, you know, rehash of the 4A 5G with water resistance and mm-hmm. a few other things. It's not very exciting hardware. The specs aren't very exciting. And you think this phone would kind of be meh, and then you start using it, and the software is so good. And this is Android 11, so I can only imagine what the 5A 5G is going to feel like when it gets Android 12. And because this is a delightful factor, is off the charts, I think, other than the stupid toggles. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you know these 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 A series of their phones. Um, you know, if they do, they play it right, kind of like what Samsung does with their like FE. You know, I don't. You know, we'll see if they do the S twenty one FE and stuff. But um, I think that fan edition type of phone. I think that's what it they need to really market it as, and maybe spice up the colors a little bit and stuff. But I think the core of what it is is a Pixel phone, good software, consistent updates. Um, yeah, I think it's a the, the A series have been one of my favorite phones to recommend to people, especially just because of the price. Hundred percent, and you know how the four A and four A five G, and then the five A five G took the design from the five, mm-hmm. right? Like they they share that design from the four, the camera bump, right? I wouldn't be surprised if the six A this next year will take on these design cues of the you know the bar, which I think is a really great and unique design. It's instantly recognizable, and that's a branding thing that you need these days. Just like an iPhone is instantly recognizable, looks just like a Galaxy is instantly recognizable. You know, I think part of what made the S20 so boring last year was that it just looked like any Xiaomi or BBK group phone that you could have bought. It just was very generic. And this year with the 21, they really got their personality back. And it looks like there are leaks of the 22 now that look like they're kind of doing the LG Velvet thing with a raindrop arrangement on the back. Mm -hmm. And I think that's cool because I think that, you know, distinguishing your phone is kind of what is important today because otherwise, you know, there's so many phones that are so much the same, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's the hard part, especially with Android. So many phones, a thousand phones coming out every month. And I think what what Google has done where I've been using it out and people have, hey, is that the new Pixel? 
And I don't get that outside of, like you said, iPhones, maybe, uh, you know, Galaxy phones. Um, so the, the color combination that they have, I love the colors. I, lo- I love the mm-hmm. two-tone look. They just they just have to keep going with that, at least for the next couple of years. You know, ride that into the dirt and then uh, just keep doing things like that just to make it look a little bit different. For sure. I think that if they can spruce up the 6A to be a little more fun and funky yeah. for, you know, people who are maybe, the, I hate to say it, younger people don't have the same budget, so they might want something a little more affordable, and but they don't want something that's boring, which the 5A, 5G really is, especially with only one color available. Yeah. Now, I know they have, you know, supply issues this year and they weren't able to sell this phone beyond the US and Japan anyway. So it's a bit of a bummer for a lot of people out there. But I think that, hopefully things get back on track and they can do a 6a that has a broader release you know is in that sweet spot 400 dollar price point and gives us you know 80 percent, 75 percent of what we're getting on the six but this is the thing i want to talk to you about like if i talk about the average not you and me like you and me are the six pro user right there's no doubt and 900 is a really good price for us because we would spend a thousand dollars on a 13 pro we would spend a thousand dollars on s21 ultra no no questions asked right we're phone fans and i know my audience is the same but there are some people out there who just want a great phone and they don't want to necessarily spend $1,000. And I think that $600 price point is insane. It's $150 more than a 5A, 5G. Now, not everybody can afford that. I want to acknowledge that. I understand that. And I don't want like people to think, oh, you can stretch your But No, don't. If you don't, just get a 5A, 5G. It's a great phone. But if you want to spend that extra $120, $150, and you can afford it, like it's such, it's, it's the best phone to get. I, I think that, yeah, the telephoto is nice. Yeah, the 120 hertz display is nicer. Yes, the front camera is a little better. But what do you get? A bigger phone? More battery? No, you don't really get better battery life. That's the thing. It scales with, you know, the size of the screen and stuff. So I would say, sh- you folks listening out there, unless you have a really good use case for that telephoto, save yourself 300 bucks and buy the 6. For sure. That, right. that's, that's the easy recommendation. I like it when they make it easy. You know, for that price, that's the first one you start with. And then, yeah, if, if somebody's looking for a little bit more, um, then you can recommend that 6 Pro. But that 6 is just, it's a, it's a consistent point. And again, we just look at that price point. You, you look at other phones, they don't have that same flair. They don't have that same style. They don't seem like they're fun phones. And this one, you know, you're getting those consistent security updates, software updates. That's one of the biggest things, too. We go to these cheaper oh my God, phones, yeah. you don't always feel confident two years later down the road. Are you going to get something that makes the phone feel even fresher? Where with this Pixel 6, you know, you're going to get new features. You're going to get new updates and stuff with it. So, um, yeah, that, that price is, is hard to go against, especially if you get like a monthly plan or you do a trade-in. Like, it's, it's really, really hard to beat. Yeah, I think that they, you know, last year when the Galaxy S20 FE Fan Edition came out, I joked and I keep saying this that Samsung out OnePlus to OnePlus, right? That's what yeah. it felt like. They're like, hold my beer, OnePlus. Let me show you what we can do mm-hmm. at that price point, $600-ish with a, yeah, pretty much a flagship in disguise. Now, it does have a telephoto on the FE, granted, but I feel like, it's got, you know, less RAM, it's a plastic back, it's got some drawbacks that are minor but exist. 
And if you compare that to the 6, now there's no S21 FE yet. You know, it's the Schrodinger's phone, as I keep calling it. It's like the cat. You don't know if it's alive or dead in the box. Is it coming? Is it not coming? We don't know. I hope it comes. We need more competition. However, right now you kind of have to compare it to the S20 you know, FE, which is a year old, but it's still a really solid phone and you can get good discounts on it. In fact, you can get a good discount on S21. Like if you want just a, a, a plus or a regular S21. But the question is, is Google out Samsung in Samsung or out OnePlusing OnePlus here? I kind of feel like they are because aluminum and glass, dude, like, do you know how few phones are really made that well today in that price point? Like, the Mi 11T from Xiaomi, it's called Xiaomi 11T now because they don't do Mi anymore. The Pro version is a really solid flagship overall, but no OIS on the main camera. You know, plastic back and plastic frame. You know, I know there's a metal frame underneath the plastic, but it's plastic coated. And it's like, it, it costs a, a, maybe $100 less, but like it feels cheap. It just looks generic. There's really nothing there. And the hardware spec-wise is like, yeah, you get an 888. That's about it. Like, you know, you get a nice display, sure. But like, you know, I feel like in some way, Xiaomi and BBK Group, at least OnePlus, which I think really needs to have a, a solid sitting down and thinking now with the 6 around. Because the 9 is completely not competitive, right? Mm. This is just obliterated the OnePlus 9. No OIS on the main camera, plastic frame, costs more. Even on sale, it's $50 more. So forget it. Don't buy OnePlus 9 right now. OnePlus 9 Pro, I'd say, is still recommendable. But is it really when yeah. it's, like, when the 6 Pro exists? I don't think so, right? Yeah, it's, you know, honestly, when we think about it, you know, I, I may closely, closer uh, kind of compare the, the, the S20 FE to maybe the, the you know, the, uh, the 4A series. It's just the A series in general, the 5A series now. Right. Because that's, you know, the A series of phones is Google's fan edition phones. Right. Where the right. six now is just a smaller. It's like the six is kind of like the iPhone 12 to the iPhone 12 Pro. You don't think of it as like a budget phone. You think of it as just an, as another option to, you know, it, as a flagship phone, but just like the lower tier of the flagship phone. So, um, yeah, I think Google has outdone, you know, OnePlus and Samsung right now at that price and the fit and finish of it. And uh, yeah, like it's I don't even know really another really direct competitor to the 6 Pro when it comes to that styling and everything with it. It's kind of hard, yeah. I mean, you know, for me, I've always thought of the FE as like, because it's a flagship chip, I've always thought of it as like a, the, the affordable flagship of the, and it's also the same branded S20, S21, right? Mm -hmm. But you're right. If you look at it in a different way, if you kind of pivot into looking at it as the fan phone, just purely not the specs, then you're right. It does more fit in with the A series phones. I, I feel like though that I don't know what Google's doing there. I, I hope they're not taking a loss on these phones because it wouldn't make any sense. Um, but it just shows the rest of the industry <clears throat> cough moto <clears throat> moto edge 2021 will never forget mm -hmm. those companies need to really take a look and reevaluate where they're at on that 600 dollars price point because they're not doing the right thing i mean like i'm sorry but i know that some people don't care because they're going to put a case on it but i will not pay for plastic at that price point i am sorry 
that is not okay with me. Like, I want jewelry at that price point, mm-hmm. and glass and aluminum is that. And if I choose to not put it in a case, like you are, knock on wood, you know, <laughs> I don't know how you do it because I'm so scared of breaking things. I used to be a non not case person, and I somehow managed to pull it off for many years, but. Eventually, I was just like, no, I'm playing with fire here. And I finally started putting cases on things. But I feel like, you know, this is the thing. Like, if you want to go naked, you want those, you want that feel. You want to feel this in your hand. You want to feel like you're holding something precious and well-made. And it's the same difference as stepping, you know, inside an Audi versus a Volkswagen. They're both really well-made, but one does feel better than the other inside. And, you know, that's what you get with metal and glass. And so that's where I'm coming from. You might not agree, and that's fine. Like I'm saying, my audience might not agree. Mm. I just, I just think that like they show that it can be done for six hundred dollars, and Apple's been showing it forever, right? That that you like even the iPhone SE is like aluminum and glass. If they can do it, then you have no reason, manufacturers out there, to keep giving us these crappy plastic finished phones at that price point. I think above 500, wireless charging should be standard, glass and aluminum should be standard, and OIS on the main lens should be standard. That is my benchmark today. You can play with all the other variables, but those, and OLED, by the way, should be standard, hello, Moto, right? Like, those things are requirements today. And if you don't have that, then you don't really have a phone that's competitive. Consider that, manufacturers. Yeah, and I think some of these manufacturers have been playing around this price point, and some of the bigger ones haven't really taken it seriously. They're going after trying to get you to buy their you know, more expensive flagship phones. But now that Apple, Samsung, and, and Google are now getting serious around this $500 price point or so, uh, these other companies have to kind of step up to meet their, their fit and finish or their just overall bill quality. Um, and, you know, I was like, you know, last year I was almost on the fence, like, d- d- does smartphone design really matter that much? Right. And I was like, well, at the end of the day, after I get it and I start using it, do I ever really look at look at the phone and appreciate it? But what the six series of phones has done is it's I literally was as soon as I saw the leaked, you know, uh, photos of it, I was immediately excited for it. Right. It wasn't tense or anything. It was just the way it looked and the color combination. And so. Uh, design matters. You know, design it matters to get the customers to buy it, and some of them want to show it off. Um, but just in the marketing, you have a phone that I would say is more rec- is just as recognizable as an iPhone now. Like I think if you're if you know anything about phones, you see that pixel from a mile away, you know exactly what it is. Exactly, and I think if you look at if you touch it and you look at it, the six and six Pro, yeah, there's a lot of little seams. The fit and finish could be a little better. Like it's not iPhone, it's not Samsung standard quite, but it's close enough that I don't think you'll notice and you'll care because they're giving you like the core of it. The core of it is you get this nice aluminum and glass feel and you don't feel like you're, you know, it feels more opulent in many ways at $600, the six, than any other phone because of those two things. And first impressions really matter. You pull it out of that box and you get that heft, that material feel, the cold metal. Like immediately you're like, oh, this is nice. Sure, two seconds later, you're putting it in a case and you'll never look at it again. And it's fine. But the reality is it's that first impression. It's part of the delight. And for those of you who go naked, then you're going to delight that every day. And, you know, and yes, glass breaks, but you know what? It still doesn't in many times. Like, I mean, it really depends how rough you are. The, the, those aluminum and metal rails around these phones are very, very strong. And yes, you're going to scuff them and 
damaged and it's going to look a little worse for the wear when you, you know, when you drop them. But I think a lot of them don't have actual issues with the glass breaking unless you really take a serious, serious spill or you f drop them face first on concrete or something, then it's yeah. going to happen. But, you know, that's going to happen on the glass side, on on the screen side, on any phone. Mm -hmm. So if you don't use a case, right? So if you use a case, you get that bumper action and it helps. I don't like the super beefy cases. I'm a thin case kind of person. Yeah. I feel that the cases that Google has here are really nice, but too bulky for me. So I'm going to try looking for like, I'm waiting for like um, one of the thin TPU case makers to do something that's just essentially like a very thin coating to just mostly for protecting from abrasion. You know, Scratches, like if it falls yeah. onto concrete, like I'm not trying to protect from actual cracking the glass, but mostly I don't want the battle scars. Yeah. And, you know, if it's a $9 case, even a $20 case, I'll throw it out and buy a new one after it gets like a few nicks on it. Um, but the phone will still be pristine. That's kind of my approach. But some people I know, they want like the armor, like, you know, they're like, they turn their phone into like a battle tank. <laughs> and for those of you that want that, that's cool. I don't care, you know? Yeah. So there you go, folks. I think we kind of covered everything. Yeah, Did we? it's a good phone. Good all good all around phone, and it just has me more excited for next year. Like I, I'm, I think even more so that next year's phone is going to be just as important. How did they keep this train rolling? Yeah, now they're on a on a on a roll, and can they keep the momentum? That's what I'm worried about. Um, let's see what happens. So you saw the MacBook Pro reviews. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a bunch. I, I link to the Engadget one. Interestingly, by the way, as an aside, have you noticed the Verge has not published a Pixel Six and Six Pro review yet? No. I haven't. Not only that, I mean, it might have gone up this morning, but last night when I checked, they hadn't. And most importantly, you know how with the MacBook, they did publish like a, hey, hold up, we're going to take our time mm. reviewing this. Like, Neil I came up and said, hey. But like, anyway, there's a lot of reviews out there that are not out yet for the 6 and 6 Pro and in the MacBook as well. So I picked in Gadget, there's others, but I just want to go quickly over it with you the takeaway on these reviews, like we've already covered the specs and everything last week in the show. What is your takeaway on these reviews? Like is the, is, do you think that overall we're as excited and impressed with the performance as we expected it to be? Or do you feel that maybe it's not a big deal and maybe we're so jaded now we're so used to the M1 chips kicking butt <laughs> that <laughs> it's good? Yeah, I, 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 I think this laptop has given pro users like who use and they're in the Mac ecosystem. They use a lot of Mac apps and things what they wanted. Right. We got the SD yeah. card. We got, we, you know, we got those things back in it. Um, and the, the new processors are just, it's just super fast. They're kicking butt. Now I haven't purchased one yet. I, Cause I'm, I'm trying this new thing of not just buying everything just cause. So I have the M one MacBook air. I got the M one Mac mini and those still work perfectly fine for me. Um, but the new MacBook Pro is enticing, but it's 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 kind of in, in impressive what they've done with the performance boost, you know, from the regular M1. And so yeah. I think these laptops are good. I think a lot of people are, are genuinely excited about it. Um, the display, nice. Keyboard seems to be nice. And I it, it really just sets me up for my excitement for the, the iMac Pro or something, right? That's really what I'm, what I'm holding off for because I don't edit that much on the go. Um, yeah. But if you have this type of power in these laptops... It's, I think it's, this is a good thing. And I think people are generally just really satisfied with the performance they can get on the go now. 
Yeah, I feel like they've delivered on their promise of the performance improvements uh, and the benchmarks are out to prove it. I think we weren't too surprised because with the M1, we didn't know what to expect and yeah. we were kind of blown away. And I, I'm the same with you. I, I have a uh, M1 MacBook Air that I use for on the go. And frankly, that's good enough for the little bit of editing I do on the go. But I use an iMac right now, 27, and I can't wait to replace it with an M1 or M2, or whatever it's going to be, like the big iMac they're going to be, not the current... 24 inch, which I think is a great iMac, but it's not what I need and want. So I can't wait to replace my iMac. And I'm waiting for that. That's why I went and didn't jump out and buy one. I mean, as tempting as you said, as tempting <laughs> as it is, uh, for me, I honestly would be happy with a 14 base model. Uh, that's all I really need. Uh, and I'd probably upgrade to the, the $20 for the better power brick, but I wouldn't go beyond that. I think the specs on paper look just what I need. I don't go. I don't do a lot of projects on the go, so one terabyte's fine, mm. 16 gigs is fine, but um, you know the lesser cores. Are, the thing that I think is interesting about these reviews for me is that we're really seeing how the notch is playing out, and it's kind of a little of an ugly duckling thing. Like I really am not sure what they were thinking there. Like I understand that you know it has a bunch of stuff behind it but it doesn't seem like it should be this big. And yeah. if anything, a hole punch would have made more sense at this point. Yeah, it kind of feels like they were maybe hoping to get Face ID, this 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 revision, and, and maybe they yeah. ran into yeah. some issues and they were like, well, let's, let's just leave it in there. We already got the panels done or something. But um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I really think that I personally just wouldn't want to have seen the notch unless face ID was coming inside of it. Then it's like, okay, you're getting this fast facial recognition now. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. So I think I've, my gut is that it, the next revision, we're going to get it. Yeah. Like there's no way they can hold off on this. They've gotten enough criticisms on it already. And we've seen that they finally learned about, you know, learned their lesson and, and just backtracked on a bunch of stuff. I am so happy the touch bar is gone personally, but you know, as I said last week, I think there's a lot of things to love here. The notch was a question mark, and the notch turn is turning out to be still a bit of a mm -hmm. of a polarizing thing in the real world. The performance is pretty much checking out, and the display is pretty much checking out in terms of quality and what we expect. If you're a creator right now, you've pretty much probably pre-ordered if you do a lot of editing, video, and photos on the go. If not, then you probably are going to be happy with a MacBook Air M1 or something. I, I think a lot of people still should consider buying that instead of a Pro unit, uh, or maybe wait for the new MacBook Air, the revised chassis that's coming soon, because I feel like you don't really need that much more. Like, you know, I could be wrong, because if you're doing 8K red video editing or something, but I'm just saying if you're the average YouTube creator that's using 4K video right now from whatever device you're recording with. I think a, a pretty solid Final Cut project will run on the base MacBook Pro 14, no problem, and possibly just even run fine on an M1 Air. You know, it might be a little hot when you render, uh, but I think overall, I think you'll be okay. And that's kind of incredible. Like, I, I don't think there was ever a time when I could say to a, <laughs> like a creative person, you can probably get away with the air, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. wow. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. The MacBook Pros, unless you just really want the ports, try to decrease on your dongles. Um, yeah, that, that... But there's a trade-off here. You're also gaining weight and yes. size compared to the previous generation, yeah. which is pretty significant. Like, I like my f Macs pretty lightweight. So that's why I've always kind of, you know, like chosen the air or the the smaller, lighter ones. Um, but for some people, you know, 
I think you don't always have to make that trade-off now, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, the, the options. I think in tech, we love options, right? You can go with the M1 or you can go balls to the wall and go with the, you know, the, the latest gen MacBook Pros. But um, you have options and it doesn't feel like you're taking a downgrade. It just feels like, you know, you're just getting what, what fits you the best and you can possibly be saving some money going with the MacBook Air yeah. or something. 100%. So Sony had a kind of little announcement and kind of didn't make a lot of noise about it, but surprised us all by sending a lot of us a phone in advance. Some of us, I just got mine yesterday. So I, I don't want to talk too much about the performance because I haven't really had a chance to play with it much yet. But Sony has the Xperia Pro-I or Pro-I or Pro Imaging. And it is an $1,800... <laughs> 5G flagship, which is basically, think of it as the Xperia 1 Mark III, but with the main sensor replaced with a one-inch sensor and the uh, telephoto back to being what we had on the Mark II. So just a 12 megapixel, I think it's a 2X, but I'm not sure, just a regular telephoto. And holy crap, like it is quite like the statement, I think. It's more of a statement than I think something people are just going to buy. Because again, you know, iPhone 13 Pro exists, Pixel 6 Pro exists, Galaxy S21 Ultra exists, especially the S21 Ultra with its two telephotos. But I think it's exciting. I think it's interesting. I think the fact that Sony is kind of hunkering down on that high end and saying we're a premium brand, I kind of love it because that's what Sony's all about. Like you don't, like people complain about Sony phones to me all the time. I'm like, Sony phones are awesome. I love them. All of them are great. They're not for you. Just go away. Buy a Samsung. Buy an iPhone. Buy a OnePlus. You know, buy a Pixel. Trust me on this. But for some people, if you want to be different, like if you want, it's like rocking the Oppo Find X3 Pro. That's a really different phone. It's not a bad phone. It's actually one of my favorite phones of 2021. But it's not for everyone. So that's kind of what I feel like this phone is. It's kind of flexing, you know? Yeah, and I think Sony has to do that, right? And, and they can stand out by just like, you know what? We're going to put this big sensor in the, in the back of our phone, you know? While all these other companies are working with smaller sensors, trying to, you know, compensate with software and stuff. Um, Sony was like, look, we're just going to try to <laughs> give you the biggest sensor we can and uh, allow you to take some photos and videos when they hit, right? Are going to be better than, than uh, most flagships out there right now. Um, so yeah. yeah, I've always, I always feel like Sony has, you know, you know, using the phone as a viewfinder for your camera, all these little things you just don't really get, you know, with other companies. And I think you just have to embrace that, you know, you know, once this technology improves and that price can come down, that's only going to help. But I like that you're just sticking to the guns, you know, look, look at, look at us. We're going to go with a big sensor on the back of it, take it and uh, take some good photos with it. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, you know, their eye autofocus now works on video, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm. Eye autofocus on the alpha cameras is bonkers, insanely awesome. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, it's not my use case, but I have to say like people are loving it. If you're just even a vlogger and you have that little SV, a ZV, sorry, one blog camera you can you you can i've like it will never be you know that weird thing where it's hunting behind the background in you never happens with that camera it's always on your eye and it's always in focus no matter what you do in the frame that is a big deal and you're getting that with this phone and i think this is the kind of stuff that nobody else is really doing right now and i, I mean google could they have the ml and the machine learning and their algorithms for it i think 
this is one of the areas where Sony is really distinguishing themselves with the way they do autofocus on their phones. Yeah. And uh, is it important? Yeah, it depends on what you do. If you're a sports photographer, again, you probably have a real camera, but if you just want to quickly get something good, their burst mode that follows focus is very, very good. Like 20 frames per second or something with eye autofocus, like, wow, right? So if you have that skateboard thing you want to do or you want to take the shots as they're in the air, this is the phone for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just... Just from the photos that I've seen of it, it's it's so good. Like I'm very like thinking about it. I can't wait to try mine out. I uh, have you know some ideas of what I'm going to do with it. Now there is a caveat. The one inch sensor is a 20 megapixel sensor. It's the same sensor as on the uh, the RX100, the ZV1, like those those cameras, mm-hmm. the point and shoots from Sony. And but. That's a 20 megapixel sensor. They're only they're cropping it. They're only using 12 megapixel because of the depths, right? They can't, they can't, they'd have to have the camera bump stick out like another inch, half inch or something to get the cover the entire sensor. And so that's what they're doing. And so you're not really getting a one inch. Like it's kind of like we, you know, on paper you're getting one inch sensor, mm-hmm. but it's getting cropped because of the lens that's installed. And in that sense, I feel like miss mm, maybe a little misleading, but Look, it's not the first and only phone with a one-inch sensor. There's a Sharp Aquos, I think, want to say the R5. And there's the Leica version of that. And then there was a Panasonic way back. And then there's also, let's not forget, the 808 PureView. Remember the Symbian one? Yes, yes, yes. That, I think, I'm pretty sure that was a one-inch sensor or very close to that. Doesn't the Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra also have a one-inch sensor so, or close yeah. to that? Okay, yeah. so there's a few. It's, but the thing is, this is Sony. And so if you're used to their alpha workflow, you're getting the same experience on the phone. And a lot of creators, uh, whether they do video or photos, are in that ecosystem today with the Alpha 7 series. And so I think it's kind of significant that Sony decide to make a phone that, you know, because the display thing on the Xperia Pro for $2,500 last year was like, yeah, yeah well, yeah. it was this, it was announced last year, then it was released this year. That was kind of a stretch, right? Mm-hmm. But this, I think this is like interesting to take for a spin. So I'll let you folks know, I'm actually going to review this phone, I think, as far as I know right now, for hot hardware. So stay tuned. Yeah, be looking forward to it. So the last thing is more of a kind of interesting. Arun over at Mr. Who's the Boss did a really interesting video with a phone that I have, the Honor 50, and compared it to a Huawei Nova 9. And I was like, oh, cool. That's interesting. Let's see how. And then the more I watched the video, like the more I'm like, wait a minute. These are the same phones with almost with different software. The only difference on spec is that the main sensor on the Honor 50 is a 108 megapixel. The main sensor on the Nova 9 is 50 megapixel, but Snapdragon 778G on both of them. And you're getting the same industrial design, materials, build, thickness, dimensions, port locations, buttons, everything. And then you're getting Harmony OS, which we all know is Android, even though they don't want to admit it, without GMS on the Nova 9. And you're getting uh, Magic whatever OS, which is a GMS version of Android uh, from Honor. So I had this joke, Mark, on the show, and it's kind of half-jokingly said that 
I feel like I'm not I'm not a conspiracy person, but I feel like there is something up higher up which we can't see where Huawei and Honor is still somehow connected. Like, you know, whether it be the Communist Party or, you know, some some kind of weird obviously a lot of the people when they split off the companies are still the same people that worked at Huawei before at the at the helm. But I feel like this is an egregious example of like you know, there are the same freaking phones. And now some people are saying, and I think Honor PR is saying, well, you know, we developed these phones when we're still together. Yeah. And I'm like, fair enough, but that's a year ago. Phones are generally developed nowadays in six months, right? Like, it feels weird to me that this is the first global phone from Honor, yet it is completely identical to a, you know, a Huawei phone out there. And so he made a really good point. I just wanted to bring it up. Like, I'm, I don't think that there's anything going on here that, that's weird, but it kind of makes you think and ask your questions and scratch your head, right? Yeah, that, that, that was a great video he did, just breaking down all those details about it. And yeah, I, I think, you know, for me, I would, you know, uh, this definitely has my interest, right? To see the next, next year, what's going to happen. Because if they still Correct. look alike the next year, then I think that whole, you know, we were working together and we had this, you know, R&D and stuff like that already. It's going to be kind of getting very uh, interesting there. So, you know, as a, as a consumer, I'm, I'm like, okay with it, but it is, it is a very oh, yeah. interesting kind of like uh path to see, well, it's just, you know, Huawei still trying to like, you know, hang in in this type of playing field and, we're gonna let Honor go do their thing, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next year. Me too, and I, you know, as I said, I'm not, you know, I don't believe in this conspiracy, but it kind of really reinforces my yeah. my joke, which I was like, I'm not serious, guys, and then this is going on, and I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe it's real, but I also think that you know, it's not a good look for Huawei and Honor because. The government in the U.S., I hate the fact that they're even talking about this, but they are looking at maybe banning Honor. And this is before we noticed that these phones were identical. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of talk in politics about this. And this is, if anybody watches this video that's in politics right now for some reason or gets, you know, that video gets pointed out to them, they're going to make a case to ban honor yeah. and they were going to be back at square one. I don't think it benefits them. I think that they could have just at least made them look slightly cosmetically different. You know, even if the specs are the same, the ports are in the same place, everything is, you know, we would have still as, you know, no nerds noticed that there was some similarities, but it wouldn't be blatant. Like the mm -hmm. fact that camera pods are identical is just like, what? So I don't know what they're up to. And I'm a little concerned and because I want them to be back, yep. the Honor folks. I want them to do good stuff. Like that Honor 50 is a nice phone. You know, Arun found that the camera performance wasn't quite up to scratch, but honestly, I'm not feeling that it's bad at all. I've been using it for a few days and, you know, it's not like a Pixel 6, but whatever, it's yeah. fine. And so, I don't know. I'm just a little concerned. I just hope it doesn't become a problem even though the excuse that they give is, I think, a legit excuse that we co-designed this when we were still together. It's possible. But, mm. yeah, and I, also weird that there's a Snapdragon 778G in there on a Huawei phone. I thought they weren't allowed to access US technology. I think they have to disable 5G, but that's maybe the only trade-off. Yeah, there was, like, yeah, there was one way they could still use it. I think that might be it. I can't remember. I saw it last year, I guess, but um, yeah. they can still get around that. So speaking of Qualcomm, they unleashed a whole bunch of Snapdragons on us who are going to go pillage and burn everything in their path. 
The 770G Plus, the 695, which is a 5G chip, the 480 Plus, and the 680, which is a 4G chip. The interesting thing here is that they are making basically plus versions of two existing chips. And as we know in the past, those are slightly kind of overclocked, but mostly essentially the same. So it's kind of interesting they're doing a 480, which is a 5G chip, as a plus. That was strange to me. But, but look, more chips for more phones, for more options, for more price points. I think this is good news. I just wanted to mention it because like, it's rare that they just throw four chips at us in one PR blast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to get those chips out, man. Everybody's uh, getting in, in the uh, chip game. So I think uh, Snapdragon, well, Qualcomm with the Snapdragon, Intel, like, I think they uh, they got to get the uh, get their uh, little movement going on with these chips. So, yeah, the more options, bring your <laughs> 5G and all that stuff is good. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I just mostly want to mention as a news item, as a PSA, don't be surprised when you get that Motorola G Stylus 5G 2022 edition that comes as a Snapdragon 480 plus 5G next year. Mm. Don't come yelling at me, okay? <laughs> it's, it's, there you go. There's your proof is in the pudding mm. thing. So yeah, that's the news, folks. There's really not much going on this week. I mean, Pixel's just kind of eating the world alive right now, which is freaking awesome. So nice to see the entire phone, you know, universe converging towards the Pixel (laughs) for once. So that made me very happy this week. And so, Mark, do you want to tell the audience where they can find you on the internet, your various social media handles and all that stuff? Yeah, YouTube, just look up Soldier Knows Best. Uh, Instagram, just go by Mark Watson. Uh, Twitter, soldier know best without the S on the nose. I ran out of characters. Um, and, um, <laughs> but yeah, just in general, just do a Google search for a soldier knows best. You can find me and, uh, and come hang out and also Amazon live, Amazon live soldier knows best on there. That's my new thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah I should check that out. I didn't know you were doing that folks. Definitely follow Mark on all the social and I will link to his videos, especially the pixel six ones, both his first impressions and the versus the iPhone 13 camera video in the show notes. So check the show notes, click on the links and then subscribe like mad. Do it. And you know where to find me on the internet. I'm at Tankerl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L, like the comic book character, but drop all the vowels. That's my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle. If you want to chat with Mark and I, hit us up on Twitter and tell us how much you like the Pixel 6 and all that good stuff. And then, you know, there's a couple of YouTube channels, youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast and youtube.com slash mobile tech more, which are complement to the show with visuals. So like, if you want to see the Pixel 6, me unboxing it in all detail, and you know, I'd like to nerd out like about everything that check that out. It's on the channel. I have uh, mobile tech more is more about like the meta stuff, like all the accessories and the ecosystem around mobile. That's not core for me, which is like, Anything other than phones and audio basically is in there. So subscribe, like, tell your friends, click the notification bell, comment, tell me things you like in these videos. And remember that there is a podcast at mobiletechpodcast.com. You're listening to it now. If you're here for the first time, because Mark is on the show, he's been here before, but you know, subscribe. And uh, we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, pretty much everywhere. We can definitely use your subscriptions. If your app lets you rate the show or review the show, consider doing that as well. It really helps. I have a Patreon now. It's been a few months. If you want to watch a video version of this podcast, 
a couple of days before the public free audio, you can do that on Patreon. There's a tier for that. It's unedited too. So it's like you get the raw feed from Skype with video. It's cool. Sometimes we show phones today. I guess we didn't do that, but whatever. Check it out. And at patreon.com slash tankrl, that's patreon.com slash T-N-K-G-R-L. There is also a Discord channel there. You can chat with me if you want. So check it out. I appreciate your support. And I don't have anybody to thank this week, but uh, I want to thank all the other patrons for being on board. Thanks, folks. And finally, if you don't like Patreon, I get it. There's a link in the show notes you can click through for PayPal donation. Consider doing that. It helps. And then, of course, is Audible, our longtime sponsor. They're fantastic. If you help them, you help us. So consider joining Audible. We have a special deal for you, 30-day free trial. You get a free book if you stay or not. Hopefully you stay, but audibletrial.com slash mobile tech is URL. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. Look, I love books. I love reading, but I have no time for that. So what do I do? I go on road trips in my car and crank up a bunch of books for hours on end. That's how I get my reading on. Because I used to commute. Then, then it worked. But now I don't commute anymore. It's been like a decade since I've been working from home. So I miss my books. So Audible's totally fits that need. A lot of the books are read by the authors. They have a great selection. You also get some short form and some podcasts if you want. If you don't like to read like epic things that last hours on end, you get some other options. So consider Audible, consider helping us, consider helping them. Audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. I want to thank them again for being with the show for a long time. And Mark, thank you for being on the show yet again. No problem. Anytime. Anytime. It's good to be back. Awesome. I appreciate you for being here. And folks, we'll have Mark on again at some point, but you know we'll have a show next week. So stay tuned for that. Until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.